<laughs> it's cash, and we're going to get right to it. Surplus of cash. In this episode, we're going to be talking about correlation. But before we get to correlation, let's just review some basic concepts. A team stack. Drafting multiple players from one team. In the previous episode, we reviewed ceiling outcomes of team stacks, quarterbacks, and when a quarterback got there, which of the other skill skill players on that team also, also got there. Wide receiver, running back, tight end. A game stack is drafting a player, players from one team, and at least one from the opposing team. In this episode, we're going to review a micro level of game stacking to see what correlation existed in 2022 between the top six wide receivers and running backs each week. For the, for the sample that we reviewed in the previous two episodes, weeks one to 17. So again, the top six wide receivers and running backs each week to be able to dissect at a micro level, just to be able to see within within those games, was there or was there not correlation? Again, 12 players in total in a given week within the, within the sample that we're going to be reviewing because there's six wide receivers that are top six wide receivers each week, and there's six running backs that are, that are top six running backs each week. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be breaking down the correlation into two separate categories opponent correlation so at least so at least two players from the same game on opposing teams so that could be just for an, uh, an example a wide receiver and a wide receiver as an example um it could be Minnesota Green Bay Justin Jefferson and Christian Watson or it could be wide receiver running back correlation Justin Jefferson AJ Dillon just as an example opponent correlation at least two players from the same game on opposing teams. The other category is same team correlation. So players that finish top six at wide receiver or running back the same week from the same team. The combinations that we'll look at are any correlation instances between wide receiver and running back for the top six wide receiver, running back finishers each week's again for weeks one to 17 of 2022. Total correlation instances. How many total correlation instances were there with uh, between the top six wide receivers and the top six running backs? Before we get to that number, how many total total correlation instances are possible within a 17-week sample? There are 102 correlation instances possible for, a, for 17 weeks. If every top six running back and wide receiver was correlated in in some way. When you think about it, 17 weeks, 12 players, at least two of those players to correlate, six max instances per week, six times 17, 102 total correlation possible instances for this sample, 17 weeks. In 2022, there were a total of 50 total correlation instances between wide receivers and and running backs. So when you think about that, that's almost that's almost fifty percent of the total possible correlation instances that that you could have between the top six finishing wide receivers and the top six finishing running backs. How does that equate per per week? That is two point nine. We might as well say three total correlation instances per week on average. When you look at 
uh, when you break it down from the total correlation instances, 50 total correlation instances again, and you look and you look at the individual categories of opponent versus same team, there were 33 opponent correlation instances or 1.9 per week, so we'll call it two, and there were 17 same team correlations, one per week. So again, 50 of 102 possible instances is a lot. Th- uh, really think of it like this. 50% of the top 12 running back wide receivers are coming max from six teams in three games. When in any given week, there there could be 32 teams and 16 games uh, total, total being played. So is three correlation instances on average per week between opponent and same team correlation a lot when you're looking at uh, the, the the ceiling outcomes for players that we're really targeting for weekly winners, but also, also best ball. Yes, it's a lot. We'll peel back the layers of the onion like we do. Opponent correlation. When we get through this, I want you to think to yourself about just vo- how volume can consolidate on one particular player in, in a game. And then I also want you to think about how players players can speed up games. When those two things happen between correlating players, uh, volume can consolidate or a, a player has the ability to, to speed up to, to speed up games through big plays. You're then talking about the, the overall pace of the game uh, p- picking up offensively. When that happens, we're talking about more offensive opportunities. When there's more offensive opportunities, there's more actual points within within the game itself. More points within the game itself, that means more fancy points for our roster. So again, think volume consolidation, think speeding up games and just really think to yourself, we want to target the the goddamn the goddamn shootouts. You know what I'm saying? So first, let's start with opponent correlation. And we'll start greatest to least what was the most common the, the most common combination of opponent correlation between wide receivers and running backs number 1 with 13 instances of the uh, of the 33 wide receiver wide receiver number 2 wide receiver running back and wide receiver wide receiver had 13 instances wide receiver running back had 11 instances at number 2 and then number three opponent correlation, which you might not have, uh, you know, this this one's not thought of on a on a regular basis. Running back, running back correlation, and then there were three instances of wide receiver, wide receiver, running back correlation, where a wide receiver and a running back from from one team, and then a wide receiver from the opposing team. Let's strip it down another layer. Let's peel let's peel it back. We're gonna look at just uh, the players that appeared in more or two instances for each of the combinations. So first, we're going to look at opponent wide receiver wide receiver correlation. The players that appeared correlating with another wide receiver more than once. Again, think volume consolidating, think big play, big play uh, ability. There were 1 2 3 4 5 6 wide receivers that appeared at least in two instances. They all appeared twice. Number 1, DeVonte Adams, number 2, Cooper Cup, number three, T. Higgins, number four, Tyree Kilt, number five, Mike Williams. I'm just I I I love I love I love Mike Williams within within the within the fourth round and C. D. Lamb. And when you think about those those wide receivers, all those wide receivers, those are wide receivers that have uh, a big play big play ability and B have just a 
very high percentile ability to command large volume that consolidates that on them in any any given game. So when you look at the the, the wide receivers that these uh, wide receivers that appeared in two or more instances uh, were correlated with, I'll just go through and I'll name a few. Devontae Adams, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, again, big playability. Devon, uh, Devontae Adams, Brandon Ayuk. Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs. Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel. T. Higgins, Tyreek Hill. Obviously, Tyreek, Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins. Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams. Again, just two guys that can just get there in any any given play, big playability, uh, down the field, Tyreek Hill catches a slant. He goes, he goes seventy yards. Mike Williams catches a you know 50, 50 yard touchdown. It's back in the hands of uh, Miami. Mike Mike Williams, Marquise Goodwin, Marquise Goodwin. That's what he is. The dude streaks streaks down the field. Uh, the ability to have uh, uh, big plays. CD Lamb when he when he uh, who was he correlated with both times. Devonta Smith, Christian Watson, Christian Watson. You know, blazing speed. So you know there is there is an archetype. Really, what really when you're uh, targeting just wide receiver, wide receiver correlation. Again, we're looking at the top six wide receiver and running backs because ultimately, you know, we're trying to think to ourselves that we want to target at least a twenty point type type ceiling. And generally, I think that you can think to yourself, you know, who are who are big play type wide receivers, that type of archetype, just really being able to stretch the field and be able to, to, to go from here to there. Because when that happens, that speeds up the game overall. When that speeds up the game overall, that is more offensive opportunities. More offensive opportunities means more fantasy points. Speaking of speeding up the game, when you look at opponent running back wide receiver correlation instances, the two that don't catch passes, Nick Chubb twice and Derrick Henry three times. Speaking of players that have the ability to speed up a game similar to the uh, wide, wide receivers that we had just talked about. Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry are unique in the, they, that they also have that ability. Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry at any point can rip a 50-yarder. Nick Chubb had two of these instances, and Derrick Henry had three instances. So Derrick Henry had three instances. Nick Chubb had two instances. And what's interesting... This one's on the house. Nick Chubb, week two, correlated with Garrett Wilson. They play week 17, the Jets and the Cleveland Browns, a potential mini correlation if you want to be able to mix that that one in. Derrick Henry, uh, obviously we know that he plays week 15 and week 17 versus the Houston Texans. The Texans, week 16, play the Cleveland Browns. So the Houston Texans pass catchers, I think you could mix them in as correlation pieces as one-offs. Is it something that you're just going above and beyond to hammer? No, but I do think that correlating the pass catchers from Houston with the running backs of Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry is a perfectly viable strategy. Opponent running back, running back. So this this is a correlation that I do think is less utilized overall by the field not commonly thought of, and there's one running back on here that appeared more than two times, and that's Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler appeared four times, um, and Austin Eckler is just unique in that when the Chargers get down, Austin Eckler definitely can get there just through 
consistent dump offs. He uh, continues to uh, accumulate catches. I feel like there were multiple games last year where that was the case. And then they finally get within the red zone. And then Austin Eckler then even runs it in. Austin Eckler has the ability to get there through the air, but he also has the ability to get there on the ground. But for him to appear four separate times, that is a far outlier. Personally, I don't think that uh, you'll see this year-over-year of correlation instances with Austin Austin Eckler, just because I think that a, a component of this was the amount of injuries that the wide receivers had, uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, last year. Therefore, Justin Herbert leaned more on Austin Eckler. But regardless, the Chargers have been a uh, runnel, a run funnel the last couple years. So I do think that correlating the running backs of the opposing teams that face the Chargers with Chargers players is a actually a solid strategy. But if you want to be able to mix it in, that's definitely not a common strategy that's taking place right now within the field, correlating Austin Eckler with an opposing uh, team's running back, just because generally the field's not correlating running back and running back. And I don't know what to make of this, but also James Conner, he's on this list uh, two times. Let's now look at same team correlation. So same team correlation, there were, again, 17 same team correlation instances out of 50. That's 34% starting from the top most greatest to least. Wide receiver running back was the most with eight instances. Wide receiver, wide receiver was the second most with seven instances. Wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, and running back, running back. There was one instance. So overall, relatively similar to opponent correlation where wide receiver, wide receiver for opponent correlation was the most popular. Um, Wide receiver, wide receiver correlation here was second most, but only one behind wide receiver running back correlation. Same team wide receiver running back correlation for teams that appeared more than twice. Number one, this should be no surprise, the Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs in weeks 13 and week and week five. They both actually finished top three in their respective positions. The Las Vegas Raiders and that volume in that offense for Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, when it can consolidate in this uh, in these instances, um, it, it is it is similar almost to the, how volume can consolidate for the Miami Dolphins wide receivers Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, where the offense just really just consolidate and run through these these two players, Devonte Adams and Josh Jacobs. The other teams that are on this list, the Indianapolis Colts, Michael Pittman Jr. did it both with Jonathan Taylor and Deion Jackson. I think that overall, that was just uh, uh, a component of it was last year there not being much target competition for Michael Pittman. Alec Pierce Pierce being a rookie. We'll see if Alec Pierce can take a step forward this year. But again, you know, potential volume concerns passing for the... Indianapolis Colts with Anthony Richardson being being quarterback. I'm not making too much of it seeing Indianapolis on this list. The other team on this list appearing twice, two instances, the Detroit Lions, Almond Ross St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift. You can replace DeAndre Swift with J- Jameer Gibbs. In these weeks when DeAndre Swift got there, it was it was uh 
not just not just on the ground, but also through the air. Deontay, DeAndre Swift was highly involved as a pass catcher. One week, he had over 30 yards, and he had a receiving touchdown. The other week, he had, uh, I do believe, four receptions and 49 receiving yards. So replace DeAndre Swift with Jameer Gibbs. I'm not drafting a lot of Jared Goff, but I think if you wanted to draft Jared Goff, you could actually double stack him with Jameer Gibbs and Amon Ross St. Brown. And going back to the previous episode in the weeks when the uh, pocket passers don't get there, I think that it could be a viable strategy not having Jared Goff and stacking Amon Ross St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs in the same lineup targeting a, a a narrative that's a just a complete shootout and you know Jared Goff has one of those weeks and we're really galaxying here where he has like three interceptions but there's still a lot of fancy points within that game or just a negative game script where the Detroit Lions are playing catch up same team wide receiver wide receiver good god man I mean again this is the Volume consolidation that Fantasy Dreams really are just made of. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, three separate instances in the 2022 season where they both finished top six wide receivers. This is just the it's the volume consolidated sex that you dream of in fantasy. Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Do I think that correlation is important for best ball and weekly winners? Yes, I do think that correlation is is important. When you're building and drafting the narrative for one particular outcome, correlation helps to, to reduce the amount of things that you need to get right within your roster. When you think about it, if you have a quarterback stacked with a wide receiver and they both get 30 points, that's two spots that you just got right. If you have a bring back from an opposing team, we'll say a separate wide receiver, that's then another spot that you just got right. If you happen to hit on a mini correlation, a... Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Nico Collins, uh, uh, which is a running back wide receiver correlation. You then just got two more spots right. So when correlation hits, you're you're getting you're getting spots right. And again, especially within weekly winners, we're drafting the very very specific narratives. We're drafting the very very specific outcomes, and correlation helps us to be able to reduce the the uh, the number of things that we need to get right when correlation actually hits. Again. 2.9 on average total correlation instances per week between running backs and wide receivers correlating within the top six. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a few. Devil's advocate case, you know, like I'm always going to be able to try to see both sides. And one is if you're drafting volume without going out and intentionally correlating, I like to be able to intentionally correlate because I like to be able to draft a, a very, very specific narrative, like using the Chargers as an example, knowing that the Chargers have been a run funnel, choosing that, choosing a running back for a given week that's going against the Chargers, and then choosing, say, a Chargers pass catcher as a, as a mini correlation. But you can land on natural correlation just by drafting, drafting in volume. When I think back to Best Ball Mania, when Best Ball Mania launched, the team's the teams that I drafted uh, prior to the schedule being released, I go back and I look at those teams. There's plenty of correlation mixed within those teams. So you can naturally have correlation definitely by drafting volume. And then additionally, there there are instances where correlation can can be low in in a week. And that is one thing that I that I 
do 100% acknowledge, especially when I completed this analysis. And those are weeks where you don't have a particular game that becomes a complete shootout or multiple games that are shootouts that completely break the slate. When a slate is overall low low scoring, and when I say slate, a given week and all those games within in a week, just low scoring games, the chances that there are a bunch of, of correlated uh, correlated players that all rise to the top just become less, just because they're overall less less uh, less actual points within within that given week scored scored by teams. So I do acknowledge that there can be weeks that. Are overall just that are low scoring in which correlation there there can there can be teams that aren't very correlated that definitely I can see rising rising to the top. Finally, it just the the difference just to be able to call out between DFS and best ball and weekly winners. Obviously, there there are a bunch, but the most distinct difference is DFS number number one. We just we have more information when we're constructing those lineups, and when we're constructing those lineups, we are we are uh, we are filling up X amount of roster spots with X amount of players. It's it's the same amount of players as roster spots when when we build a DFS lineup. With best ball, there's X amount of roster spots that. Will, will end up being filled by Y amount of players that we have within a roster. Just because of that, there's more leniency for and a a greater chance compared compared to DFS that you could land on the absolute fucking crazy nuts with absolutely no correlation. Crazy shit happens. Uh, definitely can see it happening within weekly winners. But still, I 100% lean on the side when I'm building that I want to be able to correlate because I want to be able to reduce the amount of things that I need to be able to get right within a lineup, and I do that through correlation. So just some quick takeaways for weekly winners. Am I correlating? Yes. Within DFS, I'm a correlating whore. Within weekly winners, I plan to, in total, be a correlating whore. However, these rooms are crazy, man. Like If you're in these rooms, these rooms are crazy, and there's absolutely a line between value slipping ADP falling, say, six, seven spots past ADP, completely non-news related. There is a fine line between value slipping and correlating. I'm going to be drafting a lot of teams because I'm going to be drafting a lot of teams. There's going to be multiple drafts where I am just prioritizing the value that slips. I'm going to be prioritizing the value that slips, especially early on within drafts because of the unique combination aspect and how much value that can have in this particular tournament. So when value slips, I am prioritizing scooping value because I do prioritize unique combinations in this tournament. When I'm when I'm correlating, I'm allowing correlating to to come to me after the first after the first uh say three, four rounds. After my early picks, I'm then thinking, okay, based off these picks how can my team set up to be able to, to correlate? Whether those picks are already correlated in some fashion um, and or uh, based off the quarterback that I'm going to be drafting, if I haven't drafted a quarterback yet, do those do those pieces that I drafted early correlate with the quarterback that, that I want to target? And my favorite way to be able to correlate overall for, for the roster itself 
is to target one individual week. When you're targeting one individual week, you're targeting one very specific outcome, and you're able to draft to very specific narratives. Therefore, I like to be able to really, really hone in. I mean, this just comes down to like a lot, a lot of detail. And I'm not treating weekly winners like I'm treating, like I'm treating puppies. I'm not firing up seven weekly winners at a time like I'll do with like I'll do with puppies. Weekly winners, I'm sitting down in my in in my office chair. I'm sitting down on the couch and I'm thinking through each pick and I'm I'm making very very educated decisions based off correlation, based off narratives and outcomes that I think actually can end up happening when, when I'm targeting one individual week. I like to be able to target one individual week because you can get into that granular level of, of detail overall. I'm also correlating just teams overall for the entirety of the season when I'm completing a, a team stack with with a quarterback and drafting multiple pass catchers. Let's let's call it for what it is. Yeah, I want like I'm I'm it's optimal and I'm drafting uh in in total to be able to win one individual week, which is why I like to be able to target one individual week, but you're going into the Hall of Fame if you end up uh if you end up winning multiple weeks with one team and I just I like the idea to be able to correlate for for multiple games with one with one team stack just to be able to have multiple o- overall outs that could that could end up hitting and on those teams I'm okay to be I'm okay to be uh triple stacking just because if um it, just because if I'm triple stacking when I'm triple stacking I'm not triple stacking for one individual week um triple stacking because I want to be able to 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 try to have the right pieces across the course of a season which I'm correlating the 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 entire season. So I am correlating in both ways, individual weeks and also for the season. But again, there's definitely a very fine line to be able to scoop value because you want to be able to prioritize those unique combinations um and also uh uh correlating. There's a fine line, there's a fine line between the two. Hopefully the line meets in the middle and you end up or you're able to get big slips, which you're also able to, to correlate in a perfect scenario for a, a week that you've already set up and targeted. That's it for this episode. Next episode is going to be with Bun. We're going to be back on Thursday like we do every Thursday with an ADP market update. Quite frankly, I'm ready to get back to ADP and market updates. And more importantly, I want to get back to drafting. I'm going to go. I'm going to do that right now. TTYL.